I wake up every single day, I am who I say I am. And I get what I get because I live in beast mode. Stop being gazelle, you're not average. You're not even good, you were born to be great. What's going on world? Welcome to another edition of the Secret to Success podcast. I'm your host CJ, joined as always by the Bayesian sensation. What it do everybody? Mr. Carl Phillips. We out here. What's going on? Oh man, it's still freezing in Michigan. We had 70 degrees last week, but we're back to 40s or something now. It's snowing tomorrow. So uh, hey, well, hey. It, well, we, I, I know the next my my next illustrious co-host is not dealing with those problems right now, and uh, <laughs> Dr. Eric Thomas, how are you, sir? How's the weather? Where you are? Wherever in the world you are? Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? <laughs> oh man, I'm I just passed Magic Kingdom. Just oh, passed man. Magic Kingdom. So About let me get this straight. Dubai last week or two weeks ago, whenever you were there. Yeah. Now you at Disney. Oh, you missed the one. See, Mall of America. Last Mall of America. Look, Mall of America. Now you at Disney, bruh. I mean, is is are you? How are you able? Inquiring minds want to know how are you able to keep the edge while you at Disney? <laughs> you feel me? Look, man. You know what I'm saying, Carl? How you keeping the passion when you looking at Mickey Mouse and Goofy? You feel me? <laughs> Hey, man, let me just tell you this, man. Lady asked me, how was your flight? I said, uneventful. Uneventful, baby girl. We landed. <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's what my pop said when you asked him how his flight was. He said, oh, we landed. Oh, man, we landed, see. And uh, I, I'm just super excited. You know, I was telling a group of kids at the Success Center uh, series yesterday, you know, that for real, man, bucket lists are real and bucket lists come true, you know. And I, I try to give them, see, you know, first hope. You know, I think a lot of people come to this podcast, you know, and they're inquiring that. See, like, is it real? You know, we, we, we're telling you, have hope, have faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We're telling you that uh, by grace, man, it can happen, man. And so I'm just super excited, see, you know, for D and I to end or to transition, you know, from whatever you know, the Lord is calling her to next from what she had been doing as a nurse all this time, uh, home health, you know, breast and cervical, you know, what, man, just, man, just, man, I, you know, I just tell people, man, like, yo, we are, I'm excited about how we're able to do it. And I say we, cause my kids tease sometimes and be like, oh, mom, you know, you, you only make, so I said, man, have you lost your mind? Like, that's like saying, my man who put up 40 points in the second half is more important than the dude that put up 42 in the first half. You know what I'm saying? Uh, because you only watch the second half of the game. Like, you guys are old enough now, you know, to, to pretty much, you know what I'm saying? Like, they, they're old enough to be able to evaluate, assess, analyze, you know, where we are as a family. And so when they were able to see it, see in their mind, I, they seeing, you know, pops doing it. But they don't know when we hit Disney World the first time, bro. That was on that was on Didi nursing money. You, we and it was funny when we landed. Didi said at 45 years old. Didi said, "Yo, Eric, this is the first time I've flown into Orlando." She's like, "I never flew here before." The the three or four times we came, she was like, "For the most part, we were um I think one time when we were Savannah, but Didi was like, for the most part, you know, we drove here." You know, and so man, what a what a blessing. Um, and at least, at least with our kids, for sure, we drove from Alabama, you know, here. So it's just, man, just on the flip side, see, and Didi was saying on the way here, you know, like, yo, it's a blessing to be able to enjoy the fruit of your labor. You know, some people, unfortunately, they don't calculate it right, see, and by the time they retire, you know, they're not either health-wise, they're not able to enjoy it, you know, or either, you know, other circumstances that don't put them in a position to be able to enjoy it. So. Man, to be this age, you know, and still be able to work, we definitely, you know, not retire from work, but to be able to, you know, um, Dubai, you know, Mall of America, and, you know, to make a wish, boy, and in here. Um, even I'm going to hit a, a school or two tomorrow and a church uh, on, on Saturday, you know. But, uh, yeah, we're going to enjoy ourselves while we're here, going, coming back next week. But, uh, yeah, man, just super excited, happy that I'm able to honor Didi in this way. She put in a lot of work, a lot of grind in the beginning with just my faith, see, she didn't know we was going to get here. She left everything, came to Michigan on another dream I had, 
And um, I think it paid off, though, see? And I'm glad, I'm glad that um, with her mom and her dad, when I stood before them and said, I do, I'm glad I'm able to show them that it was, um, you know, she made the right decision, see? No, hey, no, no, no man is ever good enough for his daughters, uh, for his daughter, you know? You know how that is, see? Um, but at the same time, you know, I'm able to say, you know, that, hey, by the grace of God, man, we, um, we put in work. Yeah, I, hey, Carl, I can think of two other people who sacrificed everything. <laughs> yeah, you took it from And waiting son. to see the I, fruits of their labor. I you know just, what I'm saying? I, I was just going, I, I, I ain't seen the Mall of America, Dubai, or Orlando, <laughs> and uh, I, too, sacrificed. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was going to ask him, see if he saw us in any of his dreams. I'm not sure. I, I, we, apparently not. Apparently oh, no. those were the nightmares. You know what no, I'm not, like, not in my dreams, but I'm sure <laughs> in your own personal dreams. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, and according, and according to calculation, y'all got about another good 10 years. <laughs> hey, well, uh, yeah, no, I'm glad to see you having a good time no, roaming no the world. Doubt. You know, while Carl and I, um, you know, change diapers and uh, try to keep our sons from killing themselves. Yeah, we'll sit down here. Hey, um, am I tripping or um, have you ever or, or do you ever or when you let me just say when you am I tripping or when you get something stuck in your teeth? Does it call for a national emergency? Let me explain. <laughs> No, I'm being for real. I'm, let me explain. The other day, and I, this is a two for one. For all of y'all listening, I got a two for one. The first time in history, write this down. It's the first time in history that we've had a two for one in my tripping. I got two in my trippings in the same one. Am I tripping or when you get something stuck in your teeth, everything stopped? Let me tell you something. When I get, I got, whatever happened, I had got a new feeling or whatever, and now I got like a new little slot where food could find its way. Um... I got something stuck in my teeth so severe. I'm talking about, I, I, I almost went to the ER. Like, I'm about to go to the emergency room. I got something stuck in my teeth so bad. Let me tell you something. When you get something stuck in your teeth, I will leave a funeral, a wedding, a little kid's birthday party. I will leave whatever I'm doing to go get that out. Now, my problem is, am I tripping or every time you need your wife to have her big purse, mm. Does she have some small little wallet clutch <laughs> with nothing. nothing in that thing? I'm telling you, the other day, we was riding the Stone Mountain. It's about a 40-minute drive. I caught something in my teeth from about 10 minutes in, and I almost had a panic attack and crashed the truck. <laughs> Bruh, you know how you're trying to wedge it out with your tongue, and then your tongue go numb, and you start getting a headache? Like It's almost like you're in the Twilight Zone, girl. I'm like, yo... So I'm asking my wife, like, yo, where is it? She got the little purse with her. With nothing, you know, the little, I'm talking about the little joint. You can't keep nothing but one a stick it's of Wrigley Spearmint gum. Yeah. I'm like, what is that? Boy. I'm like, where is the big old purse that you begged me to buy? Like, where is that joint when you need it? So am I tripping or, for real, when you get something stuck in your teeth, is it the end of the world? And then two, does your wife always play you? And like she can't hold your key. You ever, you ever you got your keys? You know, guys, we got keys, wallet, all kinds of stuff. We only got two pockets. You know what I'm saying? You ain't trying to just be boys and out. So you give them to your wife. I'm like, baby, can you hold my keys? I don't have that. My purse not. Can you hold my wallet? My phone? Like nothing. Is that like not the most irritating thing to y'all? Hey, a, a piece of I'm gonna tell you a piece of popcorn got stuck in mine. Oh no, now nah, piece of popcorn, Carl. Is for sure surgery. Like you can't even play with that. If you eat popcorn, bro, I'm talking about that. That is, you know, you might want to take out a life insurance policy right there. Yeah, no, that's you're not tripping on that at all. At oh all. my god, you, you, I, I'm, y'all think I'm fun. I'm playing. I hate it so much. I don't even eat popcorn, and I love popcorn. Like I won't eat popcorn. You go to the movies, doggone it, and get a kernel stuck in your teeth. You might it's as well forget the rest of the movie. I'll it's be like, I don't care what we watching, how good it is. We're going home. Where are we going? We're going home. So yeah, no, I'm just waiting for them to make uh, Carl a, a, a man purse that I feel comfortable enough carrying. Because I promise you. I'm getting ready to have everything, gum, mints, <laughs> floss, chapstick, Chick-fil-A sauce, you know what I'm saying, birth certificates, oh, passports, I got every, ketchup, hot sauce, I got everything you could imagine in my bag. My wife, I'm like, boo, every time I need the floss pick, where I told, I, I went to uh, doggone Rite Aid and bought just like a 70,000 pack and just dumped them in her mm. purse like, yo. Don't ever leave home without these. I need them because it almost it literally almost ruined my day. So 
Um, glad to see I'm not the only one tripping on that. Yeah, I had no. to get that out. It was the other day, like, yo, I, I had a panic attack. My head was hurting so bad. <laughs> and then when you get it out, oh my goodness. The I mean, best, so, uh, the next to the you best almost want to take whatever possible. that substance was and like frame it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know how you kill a fly that's been irritating you in your house forever? You don't want to just throw him right away. You want to look at him. You just want to embrace the moment that you got that little sucker. <laughs> Like, that's how I feel, man. So, hey, E, we got to go back to the morning. See, too loose at five o'clock in the evening. No, my bad. <laughs> too loose. No, he good. Apparently, <laughs> I, I ran into a couple people who said um, that they liked it. So, I guess that's <laughs> fuel to the fire. Hey, I, I said, hey, go listen to another podcast. Hey, you want something deep? Either go listen to TGIM. Or go to another podcast. We're going to have a good... If I got to do this every week, we're going to have a good time. All right? Um, so, all right. All let right. me get to... With that being said, let me go... Let me... Let me let me transition into something a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? Let me put my my serious voice on. Um, you know what, guys? I was thinking about what we were going to talk about on the podcast this week. And shout out to Tay. She kind of gave it to me. And I told her I was going to talk about this. And... Um, you know, Tay's been on, you know, her journey to, you know, uh, you know, get her health right and, you know, the whole nine. And it was crazy because, you know, she's doing her thing and I've been real proud of her. And she's, you know, uh, just just grinding with the diet, the exercise, the whole nine. And she called me and she was kind of, you know, discouraged. And she was like, man, I hurt my foot, you know, and, and she was like, it seems like, you know, every time, you know, I try to get this momentum going or, you know, like everything good starts happening. I'm dropping the pounds. I'm doing my thing. It's like always something happens. And it was funny because somebody else called me, you know, a couple weeks ago and I really didn't think about it. But they were like, yo, I finally got my business off the ground. And then, boom, something happened to them, too. And I was like, yo, isn't that life, though? Like and I wanted to see from you guys' perspective, like, why, is it just me or does it seem like every time you get some momentum or you decide to make a change or like, you know, finally I'm going to start doing this, I'm going to start doing that, somebody might quit smoking, right? They stressed out, they smoking and they might decide to quit smoking and somebody in the family die or they lose their job or they get hit with a big tax bill and it's like, I'm going right back to the smokes, right? Because that's like their relief and it seems like, and so I was like sitting there thinking and I was like, and this is a question, you know, that I have for you guys, I was like, is it? ironic or, or is it do you guys find it coincidental that every time you make a decision to make a change in your life like something negative happens carl you want that who who you want to take that carl because i got something for it carl no i, oh, I, I, I yeah i'm waiting to see you get your food order in you know what i'm saying right get you, your food order yeah, make sure you got your chipotle we know did he know what you want to eat all right it ain't, uh, it ain't that deep uh, hey but, no, no, this jump in e, go for it no for real bro i i man i was putting in work treadmill it said mm -hmm. i had almost 500 miles on the treadmill carl i promise you i promise you all i did was ask to get the belt adjusted for the maintenance boy that it wasn't nothing wrong with it it was just it was time for the maintenance and the oil that sucker bro i promise you after that it worked for about a week since february They've come back and serviced it four different times. Like built a brand new treadmill, brand new treadmill, nothing. So I called the other day and they were just like, forget it. We're going to send you a brand new one. But you're talking six weeks, bruh. I mean, I was putting in work, try to run outside. You know, I'm just going to be real running on concrete. You know, I just can't do that as much as I can, you know, the treadmill and with the winter months, February is cold. March is still cold. You know, I wasn't really trying to, you know, pay for no membership for one month, you know, but I'm being real, bro. I put in work, you know, I put in work and um, as sure as I put in that work, this happens. And so I just had to find other ways, you know, to make it happen, you know, going on the road, try to get a treadmill in here, there, when I'm on the road, try to increase, you know, the, the, the walking, you know, uh, try to do the sit-ups, the push-ups, but I'm just being real, bro, and it hurts. You know, it hurts when you get that momentum because what, what happens mentally is like, yo, I shouldn't even done this. Like, I shouldn't even got started. But what I had to do to myself, see, was like, just say, E, you work too hard, bro. And the cool thing about it is when that trail meal finally is fixed, like, don't fool yourself. You're not starting over from scratch. You know what I'm saying? Like, you built up enough momentum that if you get on a treadmill, you can still do about 45 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Like, you built up your... You know, like you're conditioned enough 
And so that's what I had to tell myself because mentally my mind was like, E, come on, bruh. Why, I, why'd you do this in the first place? You put in all this work to start all over again? Like, come on, you back, you back. I'm like, I'm not back. I'm not back. My condition is better. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't doing as many push-ups. I wasn't doing sit-ups three, four months ago. And so I had to just tell myself, like, yo, E, get through this. Once that treadmill come back, you're starting from a much better place than when you started in January. You're much stronger than you were. You're much more determined. You got an accountability group, and we're going to get back at it, and we're going to get to where we're supposed to be, and it might be another glitch in the road. But the one thing I've always told myself, see, and, and maybe every blue moon I've been able to get on a treadmill and run more than I thought, but 80% of the time, if I get on that treadmill and say I'm doing five, I'm doing five. If I get on and I say, well, I'm just going to do whatever, those, that, those are typically the weakest runs I do. So this is the same thing. I've got to mentally tell myself, begin with the end in mind, E. Do not quit. Do not give up. You know what the end goal is. Let's get back at it, and let's make this thing happen. You know what's crazy? You said something, and that's a, that's a good word. And it's funny because y'all know Adam. I was talking to Adam one time, and, you know, of course, Adam is, you know, one of my, my, my dear, dear friends in this world, and he um, he uh, runs a treatment facility for, you know, individuals who, you know, um, are in recovery. Uh, from substance abuse. And I asked him one time, I was like, yo, I was like, you know, how do you gauge like success and failure, right? Like, is it basically when you look at your numbers, if somebody goes and relapses, then it's basically a failure. You know what I mean? Like, and he was like, not necessarily. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, think about it. If that person comes to me and they're at a one in terms of knowing how to cope with, you know, using in terms of, you know, not using and, you know, having these skills and these tools you know, to go into the world with and not use, right? Let's say they build up these tools in this arsenal and they go out and six months later, they, u- they use, right? That, that, now, it's a setback for sure, but that person doesn't go all the way back to zero or one because they still have those tools, right? So, so even though they relapsed, you, they might go back a couple paces, but they still have, you know, the, the affirmations. They still know the 12 steps. They still know all of those things. So when they come back to the facility, instead of starting at a zero or one like they did the first time, now they could be at a six or a seven and that much closer to staying sober for the rest of their lives. And I thought that was deep. And what you just said kind of goes in line with that. But I think it goes against everything that the human brain tells us, right? Like when I look at you know, people and, you know, you, you kind of judge your own tendencies and things like that. It's something as stupid as your brain will tell you, yo, we haven't been working out, so just eat whatever. So instead of being like, yo, I haven't been able to work out in two weeks, let me go on the most strict diet possible, some kind of way your brain will tell you like, yo, you ain't been working out, you might as well go ahead and hit that piece of that burger because it don't make a difference anyway. You know, whereas when you're like healthy and you running and you active and all of that, like, those are the times you like, yo, let me get a salad. Like, I feel so good. And, like, why is it that your brain kind of tricks you out of it? And, and, guys, if you're listening, we're not just talking about health. We're talking about, like, for real, you were supposed to write a book, and you got a third of the way through that book, and you got a tax bill from the IRS, and it killed your whole momentum, and you ain't picked it back up in two years. You know what I mean? And I think there's things like that, you know, for entrepreneurs, for business people, for people's marriage, right? You hit a hurdle in your marriage, and you just could never get that momentum back. And so I guess, E, how do you keep the right, or Carl, you, you too, when you run up against that or when we, you know, as a company or whatever would run up against those roadblocks, how do you have that mentality of, okay, yep, my treadmill's not working, but that doesn't mean I'm about to hit cake and ice cream every day because I can't work out. It's counterintuitive to what you really should be thinking, but I think the brain kind of tricks you into saying, oh, okay, you know, for somebody, you know, um, in that position, well, my treadmill's down and let me just start eating crazy because I'm, I'm down altogether and then I'll pick it all back up at one time. Like, why can't we, why do we always have to compartmentalize in that way? I think, I think the biggest thing, and I'll say for me is, and this, we, I, I'm sorry to beat a dead horse, y'all, but it's just the people you're around. Like, you just got one or two people that could tell you in your ear, like, man, quit, quit whining. Like, seriously. And it's always, you know what I hate? See, it's always real easy for me to tell you quit whining about something that you're going through. It's so easy. Um, I could look at you and say, see, it ain't that deep. You know what I'm saying? But literally, it could take that something that simple for you to just look at me and say, dude, like, I get it. The treadmill's broke or whatever, whatever the situation is. Like, okay, this is, it's real. It's happening. 
but now what? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, I think you just need that person in your ear, that circumstance, or it could be some, if you, you know, uh, motivated enough to just have a poster, uh, you know, music, something that you know is that thing that can get you back up. That's why you got to keep the, you know, protect what goes into your mind, protect what you see, protect what you hear, because it's those things that could, you know, when you're not there mentally, when you're not feeling strong enough, it's those things that can help push you back. But I think honestly, yeah, that right community could be that thing like, yo, E, let's go run. Like, you can't run right now, E. Like, I ain't doing nothing for the next 30. Come on. Let's get outside and run for 30. Like, you don't have no real excuse, E. I got a free membership at the E at the gym that you can use for the next 30. You know what I'm saying? So there's things around you that if you keep that, that right surroundings, they can keep you, you know, going. But if, you know what I'm saying, you around people that's like, yo, I ain't doing nothing. You ain't doing nothing. You pretty much stuck. That's going to be tough. And yeah, I, well, I, I, my, my bad, go for it, e. I got a question uh, when you finish. Yeah, and I would just say the little Big Bang Theory, see, I'm discovering that it's better to run a 5K, you know, maybe a 7K, a 10K, you know, than to run like three or four of those than it is sometimes to run a marathon because I believe what happens, see, is when you have these little, you know, milestones, that those milestones actually keep you accountable. And then, like Carl said, if you're doing the milestones with other people, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, BU, we got, you know, Hector, Cynthia. We got a lot of people, you know, who are running. You know what I'm saying? Um, in the church now, TJ even trying to run. You know, that's not his thing. You're seeing, you know, Juanita run. I seen Chuck. I saw Chuck numbers the other day, bro, and was like, whoa, I'm seeing, you know, six miles, five miles. And so I think when you have these little milestones and then you have, a community that is not just talking the talk, but they walk in that walk. It, it holds you to another standard. So I just think, man, when you say, all right, I got to do this in January. I got to do this in February. I got to do this in March. You know, I, I just think th that will help you when you hit those rough patches to say, oh, okay, you know, because we don't have the, what is that? The high school reunion is not every year. You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't do a big one every year. We don't do a big family reunion, you know, every year. And so those are the things you wait for. Like, oh, I got a family reunion, I got to lose weight. Oh, I got this big event, I got to lose weight. You know, homecoming. But that's kind of rough, see, because homecoming is in, you know, whenever it is, at March, April, you know what I'm saying? And you waiting to January to get started. But if you have a goal for each month and you're beginning with the end in mind, you might not make January's goal, but you're like, shoot, I got another one in 30 days. Okay, I got another one in 30 days. Whereas if you don't have a goal for another six months to eight months, it's, it's kind of hard, bro, to get that momentum, keep that momentum going. Yeah, no, I, and I feel you. And I'm looking at it, and I'm, you know me, I'm just trying to study the psychology behind it because I agree with everything you guys are saying. And then I'm trying to look at, like, I guess, is it, and you guys tell me this, and this is like, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm out there, but like, is, and make, I'm trying to say it so you can understand it. Do you think that when you start making, like, you make a decision, I'm about to stop smoking, I'm about to start eating right, I'm going to start doing this, I'm gonna start exercising, and then something happens. Let me ask you a question. Does life happen around us all the time and we just take more note of it and yeah, feel worse for ourselves when question. it's actually like, we made yeah. a decision, it's like, yo, five bad things happened to you last month, but you didn't make a decision to be sweet last month. So really, mm. it's just life as a continual pattern, but in our heads, we make it deeper than what it is. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's a good question for that perfect oh, absolutely. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you look at us, see, stuff has happened. And I remember in the beginning, you guys might have been a, you know, like I said, I, I have, you know, I'm 12 years older. So, of course, you know, that 12-year experience. So when I remember when the first disappointment happened, it wasn't that I was more mature than you were. It's just I had already been through that. You know what I'm saying? So for me, I wasn't looking at these people made us a promise and they were going to give us so much money and that money was going to launch, whatever. I had been through five or six of those experiences. So for me, I'm looking at, well, yeah, we might have had a bank that you know didn't come through for us, but shoot, five, six years ago, I didn't have somebody working as hard as CJ. I didn't have nobody working as hard as Carl. You know what I'm saying? Like we weren't hitting all of these schools and we didn't have all these presentations and we weren't putting together, you, you know what I'm saying, Carl? So for me, y'all might've been looking at that one thing where I was looking at the five, six things that were going positive. And so I don't think that we don't have our challenges now, but just think about it. We might have one or two snags a month I had a snag the other day with trying to get the uh, audio from Dubai. I must have sat in one spot for an hour, sat in another spot for an hour and some change. 
But for me, Carl, I'm looking at shoot. We got almost 8,000 followers. So I think for us now, we have, what, 11, 12 people working for us, you know, and then another 30, 40 fans and loyal supporters who putting in work. So if we got five distractions, we still threw like, okay, let's just say we had a fumble, you know, we had a offside, you know, uh, another penalty, uh, you know, whatever, interception, but see through for 600 and some yards. Carl rushed for, you know what I'm saying, 200 yards, you know what I'm saying? So it, it, when, when you are that successful, I think what happens sometimes, see, is that all of the blessings or the success like outweighs some of the negative stuff that happens. And that's why I tell people, don't tell me you've been doing it for a year. There's no compound interest in a year, see? There's no compound interest in three years. I, I don't think you really start looking at compound interest at least to five years. And that's like the, the lower level. You, you, you feel what I'm saying? So I'm looking at it as a speaker. Man, I'm, I, we calling, people calling us and we said 100 grand. I couldn't say that five years ago. I hadn't built up enough compound interest in terms of, like you always say, see, my speech didn't change. I don't have a new message. I don't have a new passion or a new energy. It's just that we've gotten so many more videos out and we're so we're that much more consistent that it's just compound interest. So I think for us, for those of us see who don't feel the brunt of some of life is because we off into the compound interest of success. No, we, I, we, hang, we, hang on. Stay right there. But I, I, I think don't short us, though. We feel the brunt I, like for real. We we ain't we human. So you feel the brunt. How you respond to the brunt is is different. You see what I'm saying? Like, well, don't get me I, wrong. It hurt when somebody in my family died, too. It hurt when somebody in my family gets sick or, you know what I mean? Just like anybody else, I think it's oh, how we respond level, to absolutely. the brunt. Yeah. You know what on I'm that saying? Level, yeah, no doubt. I was thinking more like, you know, with what happened. I'm just talking bank. about life period, yeah. though, bro. Somebody yeah. get hit with a $5,000 tax bill, that done threw your mm -hmm. whole hookup off. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, just be for real. Like, real life things happening. I'm not even talking about little trivial stuff day to day that you could be like, oh, man, it's annoying. I'm talking about big life things that happen you know, that that really can derail you if you don't have that spirit. And I think there's a lot of people out there, they make a decision. You, you know, like I said, I'm just thinking of the major ones. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to stop smoking. I'm going to, you know, get my health back, go start exercising, whatever those main things are. And you haven't, you know, somebody who's been struggling with, you know, being obese or whatever, and you you finally make that decision and then you break your foot or you hurt your leg or you you you, you hurt your back. And like the, the, the type of attitude that comes with that afterwards is like, yo, Every time I try to get this thing uh, right, you know, something happens. And so why am I even trying to get it right all the time? And I guess e, you, I'm asking you to tell those people who are at that point mentally where they're ready to make that shift, but then something happens and it's a setback. How do you withstand that brunt and keep going? Hmm. Yeah, well, I, I say this all the time, see, and I actually, I posted it this morning. We all going to go through a dogfight. And me and you didn't talk today, so I didn't know this was going to be the topic. You know, but, but as I said, life is a dogfight, see? But it's easy to go in that ring and fight that dog when you know who and why you're doing it. So, so if you, I'm being real. So if you're losing weight for the high school reunion, I'm, I'm just not sure, see, how much of a, a, a motivator that is. I'm not really sure when you get punched in the face, you know, how that's going to. But I'm guaranteeing you. I've seen people see come from other countries that barely speak English, that come to Michigan State to get a master's degree or a PhD, and they leave their family behind, see? And I see them going through it, but I see them getting through it, see? Why? Because it's not the same for the kid that's trying to get his PhD, but his mama live up the street. You, you know what I'm saying? It's not the, it, for the kid whose mom got a job, dad's got a job, job, and he's doing this so that he can you know, go to the next level uh, in, in, in his job, you know, he can get a promotion or, you know, he can get a raise. And I'm not saying that that's not uh, a value. I'm not saying that's not of importance, but the dude who's doing it because his family's back uh, 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 way across the world and they're not eating, you know what I'm saying? His family don't have opportunities. They, they live in a place where it's just not a lot of opportunity. He's getting his degree and saying, yo, once I get this degree, I can bring my people to the States. I can get a job at a major university. I've seen it. Carl and I know a family who the husband came, got his four-year degree, I mean, PhD. Wife came right after that, Carl. I don't know if you remember my man, uh, 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 African family at, uh, at, at Bethel. My man um, came in. Yeah, kid, yeah, I got you. Yeah. He came in, then his wife came in right after him, see, with the kids, and they both graduated, ended up getting a job at North Carolina. They both got a, a, a tenure route job 
at uh, North Carolina University, bro. So now, of course, their kids are going to an elite school and they all have an opportunity now to go to University of North Carolina. So I'm just saying, see, sometimes when we start these goals, what we don't understand is that what initially gets you started is important, but more importantly is what's the end goal? Because if the end goal isn't strong enough, we can all start. You know what I'm saying? We can all get the diet plan. We can all watch the stuff on TV. You know what I'm saying? We can all order the equipment. But you got to have that dog, see? Yeah. You got to have that dog. And I think that's the fun part, the right? Level. Like you, that, that first, you know, you going over your business plan. You like, bang, mm-hmm. I'm about to do this. I'm going to do this. And like, that's the exciting part. And I think, you know, you get hit with a couple jabs and then you get hit with that haymaker. You know, it keeps you going. And I'm thinking like, for real, for us, you know, it's crazy, Carl. I'm actually, you know, we, we talk about it, but we're writing, you know, the new book, um, Zero to a Million, where we kind of tell the, the second part of, um, you know, Secret to Success, guys, was, you know, mostly E's autobiography up until the moment, I guess, or the point in time where he met Carl and I, and now we're kind of writing that second wave. And it's crazy, as I go through it, I'm like, yo, we had quite a few setbacks on the way to wherever we're at now. Like, yo, a lot of them, and you know, as I'm writing, you know, kind of like things that we probably even forgot about are coming to me and we're talking about it and kind of going over it. And so I think that's the interesting thing is that, you know, you you have, it's almost like, um, Carl, like imagine, you know how American Idol is, right? Mm -hmm. And you start off and it's like 10,000 people and they go through the first round and then it's like a thousand left. And then it's like 500 left. Well, that's kind of like how, you know, life is. Like, you, you know, the first time, you know, there's a thousand people in the room and it's like, yo, all right, cool. Y- y'all not getting paid for three weeks straight. And then boom, you lose 500. You know what I'm saying? Then it's like, okay, it's not another check coming for another month. And then boom, you're down to 250. All right, cool. Now your wife got sick. Boom, you're down to 50. Hmm. You know, your kids went to jail. Boom, you're down to 25. And like life continues to throw those things. And the people who are left standing at the end are the ultimate winner. And I think that's the difference is like, you look at all of these people with, you know, the success stories and the things they have. I think, E, you talked about Cal Ripken. I don't know how many. You just took that out of my head, see? I was just literally thinking about Cal Ripken. Great minds think alike, for sure. Cal Ripken, E, you said it. My man paid 2,500 games, whatever it was. Yo, my man, I'm sure something, yo, it was something that went wrong along those lines. And my man showed up every single day. And like you said, Cal Ripken never goes down in the conversation as like the greatest of all times because of his numbers or how many home runs he hit. My man goes down as one of the greatest of all times because he showed up every Every single single. day. Like, yo, there is a skill. Listen to me. If you're out there, there is a skill in showing up every single day, doggone it. Like, that is a skill and a talent all of in itself. And all that takes is that willpower. And so, E, you, you talked about it with Cal Ripken, but how, how when you had those setbacks, and take us back before Hip Hop Preacher and all of that, like, when you would have those setbacks, you know, with, with, whether it be with your father, you know, all of those issues, how did you show up every day? Like, tangibly, like, tell people, like, yo... Like, did you wake up in the morning? Did you do affirmations? Did you pray at night? Like, what did you do to make sure that you still had not only the ability to show up, but show up and give 120? Yeah, I mean, it goes back to beginning with the end in mind. See, like, yo, I knew I knew what I wanted. And for me, it's like, yo, you can't let, you, you can't let what's happening to you, you know, stop you from reaching the goal. I always say, you know, we all going to go through pain. Get a reward for it. You know what I'm saying? We all, we all going to suffer. Somebody in our family is going to die. You know what I'm saying? Somebody's going to get terminally ill. We're going to lose people, lose money, lose stuff. You have people that betray you, have people talk about you like a dog. You know, people steal from you, lie on you, cheat. Like, it's real. You know what I'm so saying? Let, like, let that, me that's... ask this, E, and I don't mean to cut you, but I'm saying, like, let me ask this because, like, it's easy to say, but can you really prepare for that? You know what yeah, I'm saying? Like, okay, yeah, life is going to happen. Yeah. Can you really prepare for somebody yeah. dying? Or, yeah, I, I mean, like like can. C said, go ahead. Yeah, I think you can. I think you, I don't, I, I, let me say this. I, I'll never say, Carl, that you'll be ready for life's challenges, right? But we all know that the dude that prepares has a much greater chance of being successful than the dude that don't prepare. I mean, it is what it is. And so it was funny me and C was talking about how there are certain communities, Carl, that prepare their family's memorial years before it happens. Years, Carl. 
They got, they got a, a will. They have the burial site where the mama, the daddy, where they want the kids buried. They pay for it. Everything is. But then you have other communities, Carl, that shy away from it because they fear it. Like death. One group is like, yo, it's going to happen. We might as well prepare for it. Let me tell you something. The group that will be more devastated, Carl, is the group that didn't prepare for it. Because they're going to have to pay, they got to pay more when a family member died and they didn't go ahead and get stuff taken care of. Why? Because it's an emergency. It's doggone like it's death. So they can charge you whatever they want to charge. Like you're in a bad place at that point. You know, so we we we, we have to prepare for everything. Are you we saying we should be shopping for discounted caskets uh, right now? I, I, I am. <laughs> you know what I'm, saying? I am. I'm not sure how practical we're going with this, Carl. You know what I'm saying? I am. I'm call the funeral home. Look, now, can we get a two for one in case me and my wife go together? <laughs> Hey, hey, you, hey, you playing, but Sam has the two-for-one coffins, bro. Why you playing? <laughs> Buy one, get one free at Costco. Why you playing? Of equal hey. or lesser value. <laughs> hey, so let me That's ask you this, Eda. How do you know that? Let me ask you that. Yeah. Oh, my mother has a girlfriend who's in the business. And wow. bless, her, bless my grandfather. So... Yeah, and I'm not gonna get into oh, all of that. Man. Yeah, but they are, <laughs> hey, they better not be recycled caskets where they just <laughs> bring, bring somebody hey. else joint to you after they go. Hey, then I then it, since you don't want me to be real about it, we won't talk about it. Uh, okay. But I Come will on, Carl, quit though, being Carl. silly, man. Get back to the, I'm done. the I'm serious done. topic. I'm done. You know, you know, yeah, apparently the audience wants both. Uh, <laughs> you know how he always be like, I'm a little bit older, so I don't have no play in me. And then as soon as he get around all of us, he'd be the main one playing. I'm he just trying to front the for the podcast. No, I'm just saying not for the podcast. Okay, so, back to the two for right, one coffee. We're serious, right? Where were we? Right. Two for one coffee. Right. So, so, Carl, I, I did. Uh, I think, you know, praying every morning, three o'clock, I think that's preparation. You know, um, not only praying, but also like mentally going through what could happen. And what I never told CJ about the situation with the bank, I never told CJ that I never thought it was going to happen in the first place. But it wasn't my, and, and I, I, I didn't want to taint C. You know, because you see people do that all the time, Carl. They've been through a divorce, so they want to talk about marriage like marriage ain't blissful. You know what I'm saying? They want to talk about, like I never forget the dude who said something to me about being uh, empty nest. He's like, how you gonna be with your wife that long? You know, so I didn't want to do to you guys, Carl, you know, some of the experiences that I had where I heard people do a lot of talking and it was showtime. They didn't come through. So that was my experience. But I was like, I'm not gonna say nothing to see. So I never thought it was gonna happen in the first place. But I did work as though it could happen. You know, I didn't go in with a negative attitude. I just was realistic. Like, yo, bro, I just don't see my man coming through. You know what I'm saying? It's just some signs. And I'm just not seeing him doing what he do. And then there were some other things I knew about the community. You know what I'm saying? I was just like, yep, I, don't, I, I just don't see this happening. So while it might have been a disappointment to you guys, it wasn't a disappointment to me. I told y'all I was a lot further with the two of you and the staff that we had from Michigan State, the volunteers. I was a lot further than what I was three or four years ago. And I knew I had the team to get it done. So I think also having people that you can talk to see, you know, whether it's DD and I, you know, pillow talk and being able to say to D like, yo, D, man, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm. and it's the thing I love about DD. While DD may not necessarily have always been the one that's like, OK, let's talk about your ETL, talk about your business. If there was a time, though, when I was like really struggling, she wasn't going to be on that. You know, OK, I ain't feeling that. You know, she listen. I'll never forget, you know, talking about quitting the GD program and stopping doing some other stuff. And DD is like, come on, you can't like all these years, even with. You know, the success series, and sometimes I'll be like, man, I ain't trying to do that. I'm not trying to go on that trip. And Didi like, yo, why you not trying to go? I thought you was about that life. Like, it ain't about the money, is it? I'm like, no, but I got to do this and that. She's like, don't worry about me. I'm going to be good. Go. So, so having somebody you could talk to, see this ride or die, you know, I always had you guys. So no matter what happened, we were having worship every day. We were going out, you know, and traveling together. We would spend time with our families, eating, going bowling. You know what I'm saying? Just doing our thing. So I think a strong... A uh, support group is, is, is uh, something else that's important. And then reading. A lot of people write about the stuff we've gone through, Carl, and they've had 20, 30, 40 years of experience. Movies. I watch movies. You know, I think movies are very inspirational based on, you know, true stories. And you look at how others have, uh, uh, have been uh, successful and how they've been able to get through uh, some of life's tragedies and get on the other side of it. 
you know. And so, yeah, man, my mom, you know, I, I think all three of us have been known to pick up the phone and call our mom, you know, throughout, you know, our, 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 our progress. You know, of course, I, I was older at the time, so, like, you, you know, I had called my mom in the beginning of it, kind of talked some stuff through. But I remember when we first got started, you know, you guys would call your mom. Your moms would be like, yo, how's this going to work out? What's going on? So I think for me, man, then just a church family, Carl, I feel like I've been blessed, you know, to have a strong uh, church family. You know, when I was in Huntsville and then being here in Lansing, I felt like I've always had, I had Chuck and Moni that I went to school with. You know, I've always had, man, a group of people uh, who I've been able to call, LD, Lee Lamb, Joey, I've had, you know, other, you know, brothers, you know, the prayer line. I've had a lot of support, man. I think support is what can get you through it, a, a shoulder to cry on. And, you know, guys, I'm willing to be transparent and cry in front of you guys. And when it's warranted, it's like, yo, E, get that out. But when it's not, all right, E, for real, man, let's pick up and move on. You guys have had to pull me out of a rut, you know, before. It ain't like, you know, for those of you who are listening, you think E.T. is always strong. Like, I've had my uh, dark moments, man, where I, I just felt – you know, the, the, the wall caving in on me and these people who I love and I made promises to and that we was going to blow up and do whatever. You know, there was times where it was we were being attacked. You know, we had haters. We had people whose main goal it looked like their whole life's purpose was to try to give us a bad name and destroy us. And so I've had my times where I'm like, man, God, did I, you know, did I did I sell uh, CJ and Carl a a, a, a ghost story, you know what I'm saying? Was this real? Can we actually do it? I feel like we're at the end of the road. You know what I'm saying? Is there, Are you going to build another road, make another road, speak another road into existence? I promised their mom and their dad, you know, and it just looked like the, 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 the weapons that are formed against us look like they prospering, you know, and they had to pull me out of that dark space and say, yo, E, let's go, you know, and come on, we can't, we can't afford to have you, you know, on the side. I'll never forget C saying, yo, E, picture throw a, a, a pitch and my man knock it out with a grand slam. What, what does he need to do? And I was like, I don't know. What do you know? I go in the corner, the dugout and cry. He's like, no, best thing for him to do is to get back on the mound again, you know, and try to get that no hitter. So we need you back on the mound. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I just want y'all to know that those of you who are listening, like, yo, he ain't always, you know, for real. I've had my, you know, my moments now, you know, I'm not going to lie and act like I've been in depression, you know, for months and years on end, but, Yo, I had my dark, my dark moments and where I felt like on everything, school giving up, marriage giving up, you know, company giving up, church giving up. I don't think there's one area of my life where I've never had, you know, a struggle. And I, and I, and, and I think you don't get to this side, see, unless you are determined that, yo, this is not like this dark moment. The, 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 the movie won't end here. The credits won't roll here. The chapter won't end here. This is a chapter. This is a scene. This is not, it's not over. I will not end my movie like this. I will not end my life like this. I will not end, end my book like this, you know? And so we all have to just make that decision. But I think, see, when you're doing it for, you know, Carlos, you know, uh, junior, senior, your mom, your brothers, Carl for, you know, his dad, you know, his mom, his wife. I think when you know you're doing it for others, the church that I was doing it for, Dee Dee, Jalen, Jada, my mom, my sisters, I think it's a little easier to get up, see, when 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 your why is stronger than your pain. Yeah, 100%, man, and I appreciate you being transparent with that. Like, wow, I'm sitting here like, yo, you took me somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, I'm, me I'm too. Like, I'm back, I'm back right where we were, just, you know, reminiscing on those days. And, you know, I, I think that's what's so crazy, and I'm hoping that, you know, people who are listening, I ain't, you know, I guess we got a little serious on this, but like for real, you going through something, I, the first thing you you need to know is that, yo, you, you're you not the first one to go through it, you're not the last one. And there are people yeah. who went through it and got through it. You know what I mean? Like somebody who really got through it, no matter what it is that you're going through, it's somebody that got through it before. And you, you talked about movies, every great story, movie, whatever. Like, I've never seen a sweet movie without no adversity. Oh, uh, some adversity. You know what I'm sure. saying? Like, it was always, like, something about to happen, and then, boom, you should come out. And so, on the other side of that, and we put up that clip the other day. I don't know if y'all got the chance to see it, but if you didn't, go check it out. I had Nikki put it up on Instagram, but the Batman in London clip. Mm -hmm. And you said, you know, the, the you know I, I took this pain and turned it into a book. You know what I mean? Like, I wrote a bestseller off of this pain. And I'm not suggesting that you write a book about it, but I am saying your life is a book. Your life is a movie. It is a story. 
and you know you choose how it ends you know what i'm saying and so for those of you out there that are going through it like yo it's a setback it, it is not the end you know what i mean and i mm. think the thing that is so you know i asked you guys that question and you know i'm not sure you know i think you both agreed that it's nothing nothing bad is happening when you make a decision it's just that you notice it more when you're trying to get to that next level but you know it, it doesn't mean you start back at zero because you had a you know a bad business partner your business partner you know cheated and stole money and you know the company was left flat broke you learned a lot from that so you only at a zero if you think you had a zero you learned you you might have learned 50 new things that was going to help you for that next business you know what i'm saying like there were things that you learned along that process that's going to help you blow up on your next endeavor but if faster, you quit, faster faster you know, say that faster, too absolutely. faster you know what yeah. i'm saying like i love it i told people all the time like oh see yo carl y'all y'all genius i'm like bruh imagine if y'all only got to see our sweetest moves like yo y'all mm -hmm. wasn't around for the bricks you know what i'm saying like Yo, we shot a whole lot of bricks, <laughs> and now we found one sweet spot in the corner where we just Steph Curry, and everybody come out like, look at him shoot. We like, yo, we sweep from right here. But it's only because we threw up so many bricks and we figured out where our spot wasn't. And so now we just on that spot and we shooting, man. And um, yeah, I hope, I hope, you know, the people, you know, listening understand that, you know, in your business, in your marriage, whatever, you can get that momentum back. And I tell people all the time. Yo, if you look at a hoop squad, it only take one person to get hot to bring a team back. You know what I'm saying? Like, the Curry and the Warriors, they could be down 20. It don't take everybody to start hitting threes from all over. Curry got hot by his doggone self and, and willed his team to a victory. And so, you and your crew, um, real quick before we transition into Ask ET, I, I do want to ask you one thing because I know... You know, I, when, when I play devil's advocate, I'm always just trying to think of the, the people who are riding in their car who say, yeah, but. Right. And so I'm going to say to you two, one of the main pieces of advice that you guys gave that I think was great was that accountability circle and those accountability partners and iron sharpen iron. And I love it. But but yeah, but what if I don't have those people in my life? What if I am the only person leading the charge in my family or my community yeah, and I don't have those problem. individuals? Right. Yeah, so I mean, that's so, a bigger problem. See, yeah, I'm saying that's a bigger problem. If you are that deep, like you say you are, there's no reason you shouldn't have some people at your university. Well, I'm not even saying these people saying they deep. These are some average, everyday, you know, folk getting up, going to work, and they just don't have that kind of accountability system. Okay, here's my thing then. If you're at a university, somebody should be there. If you're at a church, somebody should be there. There should be some support group. You got BU. Like, I'm just being real. See, like, maybe it's because you haven't reached out. Maybe because in your mind, you keep saying, I don't have nobody. Maybe you should start saying, I'm going to go find somebody. Like, what happens when you what, what happens when you have no gas, you run out of gas on the side of the road, see, and the next exit isn't a mile, you know, in a quarter? What do you do, see? Do you just sit there and say, I don't got no gas? You know, I don't have no gas tank. I don't got no money. And you got your family sitting in the car. What do you do, see? You find a way. You find a way to get gas. You do what you don't normally do because you're desperate and you need to get off the doggone side of the road and you need to get where you're trying to get to. So I'm saying to those people, not to be disrespectful, but find a way. It's, it's, not, it's not that it's not possible to, um, to get accountability people. Like we all have them and we have them in multiple different groups. I, I, would, I think it's safe to say that even outside of ourselves and our families, that we independently have some accountability groups that, that Carl's not a part of, that I'm a part of that I'm not a part of, that Carl's a part of, you know, and vice versa with you, see? So it, 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 I'm just saying stop playing victim. You can get an accountability group. Even if you got to go on Google, Google it. Jalen said something to me the other day, and his mom was like, come on, son, why you ask me that? You got a four-year degree. She was like, just Google it without a four-year degree. Just Google it. And so if you don't have an accountability group, Google it and, and go and do some research and, and see if you can find an accountability group in, in, you know, in the, in the town near you. And the thing that I'm so proud about with Breathe University is that they started doing beat up, BU meetups in their own little area. They didn't wait for us to organize it per se. They started meeting on their own and saying, yo, I see Seattle only had three. And they came together. I see in Atlanta they were together the other day. Looked like they had maybe seven or eight. I saw in D.C. they had about 20, 30. Now there's more people in, the, in that area but those people were just like, yo, we're going to create our own community. We're not going to wait for CJ. We're not going to wait for Carl to come to town, ET to come to town. 
We're going to do our own thing. So, yeah, see, I say don't play the victim. I think you can, if, if, if you seek diligently with your whole heart, I think you can find an accountability group that will really benefit you. Thousand percent. No, I just wanted to make sure we got that last piece because, like I said, I know it's people who like, man, I run into people all the time. It's like, what if you don't have, you know, what if you're the only one in your circle trying to get to it? Um, you need to change your circle. And e, you said Google it. And I encourage all of y'all to Google breatheuniversity.com, right? And he just said it, but you talk about accountability and accountability partners and, you know, people pushing people and encouraging people. I wish I could have heard the call on Sunday. People were just on there like, yo, I didn't even have a question. I just wanted to comment and say this, you know, organization, you, you guys changed my life with the calls, the training modules, the, the accountability you know, the energy, the fun that we have in this group, it's just changed their life. And so um, if you're looking for that next level of accountability, come join us at breatheuniversity.com. Y'all hear us talk about it every week. It's because we love it and we believe in it. Real quick, because I know, E, you got to go um, to Disney and ride the well, teacups. You know I got to go. Um, Not the teacups. Go. <laughs> you got to ride the teacups, shoot. Uh, time. I got five minutes. Y'all about to get me in trouble. Let me see. No, we got to get to an hour. Our people going to kill okay. us. We're going to get to an hour. Ask Diddy for nine minutes, please. Okay, got it. Um, you know what I'm saying? We got to long streak of an hour going uh and i lost the question shoot where did they go oh no i didn't sorry um erica in nashville said when's the last time any of you cried mm. <laughs> I, 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 yeah y'all gonna laugh i at got me, something but... stuck in my tooth on sunday <laughs> i'm pretty sure i shed a tear i promise y'all and this it must be my christian upbringing but i promise y'all i cry at probably almost every week at church there's something at church almost every single week that'll get me now i ain't gonna do the boohoo boy but i'm gonna get like a little tear at least in one side i try to do the denzel joint and not mm. try to make it look too obvious but no mm -hmm. when i just sit and think about my life man like i mean some of the stuff we just talked about like literally going i remember i remember preparing the presentation to go in there first time i'm messing with keynote with my page turn slide see and i'm going in there with the full expectation you know what i'm saying of something gonna happen like we yeah. gonna get this big deal and nothing happens yeah so when i yeah. think back of all those things and then to see where we are now like like we said we ain't nowhere we ain't like gloating on nothing i promise y'all we ain't thinking of nothing like we looking to see where we could grow every single day but when I sit back and think, and it's something every week at church, it reminds me of something in my past or something that just gets me to that point, man, where I'm like, whoa, like this ain't something that you take for granted, man. So, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm talking about on a weekly basis, I get one out. E? Yeah. Hidden figures, man. There was a part, uh, there was a part in the movie, man, where, you know, the boss went off on her. Like, where were you? You know, it's like every day for 40 minutes, you gone. Where were you? You know, and she just broke down and was like, yo, there's no bathroom for colored women. So I got to I got to run two miles a day to go use the bathroom. And I'm like, yo, I start crying, bro, because I'm I just think about these young people that come to me, see that what do I got to do to blow up. You know what I'm saying? Like what I got to do to be on the next level, what I got to be, what I got to do to be the best rapper, what I got to do to be the best actor, what I got to do to be the best motivational speaker in the world, what I got to do. And I'm like, you got to do that. You got to do that and not talk about it. She did it for months and months. See, hair getting wet, clothes getting ruined. She was running in high heels, came back and was expected not, not only to produce. This is a real story. This ain't nothing fake. This ain't no, this ain't no fairy tale. Like, this real, bro. These, this was a real woman. This is real work, you know. And she came back, man, like, yo, I'm out here grinding. I'm, I got to use the bathroom. But if you give me a bathroom around the corner, I, bro, I promise you. And I just broke down in tears see, like, yo, there's people out here who doing some real, they had to do some real grinding, some real hustling to get where they are. And while we have had to make some sacrifices, see, it ain't on that level right there, bro. So just brought me to tears, man. Just like, yo. And, and, and also that we are able to do what we doing because there are people throughout history who have grinded, who've handled their business, and they serve Pharrell. You know, and, you know what he was able to. Man, they serve as uh, they serve as inspirations, man. So yeah, that was the last time I. And I'm talking about Didi was like, stop, like you crying too loud. <laughs> Whoa, you sobbing? <laughs> I was hurt, bro. Oh uh, man, I think the last time I cried for real was um when Toby proposed. Like yeah, I was oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was moved because you know yeah. Toby's been a thorn in my side for a long time, <laughs> and to watch him uh 
grow up, man, yeah, man and um, up. you know, man up, yeah, for sure. And just just to see even how he's taking his career to the next level. Shout out to everybody mm-hmm. who's been rocking with us on ETA Records. Our first artist, Toby, who's just been going crazy with the Get Twisted Sundays. If you haven't seen that, check it out. Um, Sway, you know, from Sway in the morning, hit him up. Was like, yo, when you coming on the show? So just to see his progression as a man. Um, and, you know, coming to that next level of manhood was just deep, man. And to see him propose, you know, to, to Fat and they just, you know, had a beautiful moment. I definitely cried. Last movie I cried at, though, I remember. I don't, I don't really cry at movies a whole lot, but, man, I saw a hardball in the theater and I cried when Lil G Baby got shot. I promise oh, we you. We all cried when G Baby oh, got shot. Oh, I was hurt. Jalen got hurt. a G Baby um, a jersey. Jalen got oh, a G, yeah. G I Baby jersey. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man, that was my little dude, man. Remember when he came yeah, back no. as the little agent trying to go negotiate his boy back on the squad? Yeah. That was my dude. Um, all right, cool. Let's see. Uh, L in the Philippines said, "What is your your guys' favorite message ever from ET besides the Guru story?" Hmm. Uh, for me, is you matter. You matter is my favorite, and and I think you matter is my favorite because. Uh, I think you matter is my favorite because I remember hearing, uh, I remember just, I, I remember being at Quicken Loans and I remember, you know, seeing the CEO of Quicken Loans come in there and tell, you know, a group of people, you matter, you know, and I was like, that's it, E, that's it. Like, yo, he was telling, bro, he was telling people, you know, who, and we ain't even talking about custodial workers. We talking about, um, we talking about like the Slurpee machine guys, the vending machine guys. You know, he was telling them you matter, you know, mm-hmm. and I was like, that's it. People don't know how how important they are. People committing suicide. They don't get it. They don't see how important they are to people. They don't see how important they are to this world that they matter. You know, like, I don't care how much money you making. So some, some, if you commit suicide or when you pass away or whatever, when you check out on life, that's affecting somebody. Somebody some some somebody is hurt by that. And so I was just like, yo, e, you do all of this. You know what I'm saying? Like, ah, but pull back a little bit now and let people know that they matter, bro. So to me, that was that was the one for me. I think for me, it's um, I, I think I want to go with you all you. Of course, it's a bunch of them, but you all you, man. Like, it's so many people going through life, and we talk about it a lot. But like, you can't get past the fact that stuff happened to you. You know what I mean? Like, you kind of get stuck there, and it's real. Like, we talked about this whole episode. Stuff happens. But like, yo, like you can't, you can't be that person to just stop there. Like, yo, you owe it to yourself. Like, don't get mad at nobody else because this, you know, this ain't happened or that ain't happened. Like, your life is worth so much. It's worth too much for you to just be stuck at that excuse or that problem for a year, two years, ten years, whatever, whatever it is. So that you owe you, man. That's the one that I think got me. Yeah, you owe you is definitely one of my favorites. Um, I guess as you know, I'll be honest. You know, I, we do the shorter clips and stuff like that, but like I would have to go to like full keynotes, you know what I'm saying? To like, yeah, you know, oh yeah. really go in. But I'm sure there's some sermons and some other stuff. But for the ones that I know everybody's probably familiar with, uh, I think Greatness is Upon You will probably forever be one of my favorites just because that was like, to me, that mm-hmm. was a transition moment for mm-hmm. E, where he felt like the weight of the world and that responsibility in a good way on his shoulders. And it came out when he said, you know, I'm that new guy, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, I just felt like he just owned it right then. Like, yo, this is, you know, it, it's my era. You know what I'm saying? And like, to, you know, I told you, we had that conversation on the way to Auburn to speak to the football team. And I told E, like, yo, you, you are this generation's, you know, whatever. And to see him spaz out like that and, and just snap was like, whoa. So when I see that greatness is upon you, and I hear that music start hitting, man, it, it, it like sends chills up my spine every time. So I would say that's my favorite. Last question and we'll get E out of here. I know y'all got to go to the Cheesecake Factory or Chipotle or, or, or Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A or, or one of them. <laughs> one, of the, one of them joints. Um, let's see, one easy one. Sebastian in L.A. says, have any of you ever been starstruck? Not for a long time. My, fir- my very, very first, first person that I saw... Um, LL Cool J. We were on a flight coming back. This is literally, I was coming back to go to school from Barbados. This is years ago, probably like 2001 or something like that. And um, he was sitting like the last seat in first class. 
and I was like the first seat behind there. <laughs> so right, I could right, see right. him right across. And I was like, yo, and I think what it was for me, my man was huge. Like his arms was just like humongous. So I'm sitting there like, yo, that's LL1. And then like his arms could like, like it looked like one of my legs off hanging off my man's shoulder. So I think that was it. Like, but I think there and then too, like walking off the plane, I'm like, yo, I got to say something. That's LL. Like, so I walked off the plane. And of course he was ahead of me and I kind of walked fast. I was like, you know, trying to play cool. Like, what up, L? You know, I'm trying to put my little deep voice, deep voice on. <laughs> <laughs> and he was just, like, I think he made it cool for me. He was like, yo, what's up, man? You good? And he just kind of kicked it with me for a couple of seconds like it was nothing. And he kind of killed it for everybody else after that. I was like, yo, they're regular people. Like, they, and the fact of how he responded to me, like, I wasn't blowing my man up. I ain't asked for no autograph. I ain't asked for no photo. I ain't asked for nothing. Just like, yo, what up? You good? Everything straight? Man, appreciate you. Love the work that you had, you know, your, your body of work. And I just kept it moving. And from that day on out, it was it. I ain't starstruck no more at all. Hmm. Hip hop preacher. I was just trying to think, man. I didn't, I didn't get to meet Michael Jackson before he left. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Um, oh, that, you talk about <laughs> starstruck. Lord have yeah, mercy. I, I, didn't, I didn't get to meet Mike. Hadn't met um, Michelle or Barack yet. Um, so, yeah, yeah. But I, I guess I might say uh, Maya Angelou. Um, we had a couple people like, you know, Maya Angelou level come to the university when I was there and speak. Had an opportunity, you, you know, to you know, do the smile, the pick boy. Uh, and then President Clinton. Yeah, it's crazy for me. I think, you know, and, you know, this line of work has allowed us to meet a lot of really cool people. And there's people who I've been honored to meet, but never really starstruck. And I think I told y'all, only, it was weird. Recently, I got a, a little starstruck. I can't even front like I was super cool. I was in the airport and I had my headphones on. And in college, like 50 Cent used to be my alter ego in 2001. Like when I was in college, my freshman year, me and Chris in the dorm, like, we just played 50 Cent all day, every day. And so 50 was like a little alter ego for me. I don't, don't ask me why, but I just used to rock with 50 Heavy. And I was in the airport in Atlanta. This was probably like a couple months ago. And I was chilling. I was doing my thing. I was in, you know, the, you know Delta, you know what I mean, in, in the fast lane. And um, I was standing in security just waiting. I had my headphones on. It was like a late night flight or something. And I remember I just... I was standing there, you know how you feel somebody walk up behind you, but I had my headphones on, so you know, you kind of lose, you know, some of your perception and all that. And I turned around and 50 Cent was like, I'm talking about like within arm's length of me, like looking right at me, was like, what's up, bro, you good? And I just looked at him and was like, yeah, what up? And I turned back around with my headphones on and I was like, yo! <laughs> like, I ain't even gonna front. I was like, yeah, like, you know, I think like, It'd have been different if I was like with somebody and we was going to meet him. I don't think I would have right. been so starstruck, but like, yo, I literally turned around and my man was just right there. He was cool. He's like, yo, what up? You good? I was like, oh, I'm good. You all right? I turned around, tried to play cool with my headphones on, and I just oh, remember God. being like, yo, I want to turn around and be like, yo, what's good? I was like, no, nah, I'll just be cool. You know what I'm saying? And I think, you know, for me, man, I, uh, I always want to make sure. You know, I want to keep grinding until, um, you know, we don't have to introduce ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Right. To where, yeah. you know, they Say know that. who you are. So I just let my man have his peace and was like, yo, all right, cool. You know what I'm saying? So uh, that was it, man. E, I'm, uh, th tell Didi thank you. I think we got to close to an hour. Yeah, I know our people, man, they uh, they hate when we go short. Anytime we go shorter, they're like, man, why y'all cut it? Um, so tell D we appreciate that. Give us a short, quick, a, a nugget of a nugget of the day and, and we out of here. Or don't. Carl, give us a nugget of the day. He takes the his phone. No, no, no. You give us the nugget of the day. No, oh, just me? roll this out. Yeah, we ain't editing this nothing. Like, roll it. He gone. Forget it. Give us the hey, nugget of the day. Hey, no, nugget of the day. I got you. Nugget of the day, man, is for real, for real, for real. I, I'm going back to the video. I said, you owe you. Like, all the circumstances in life are not stronger than you are. Like you here, you know what I'm saying? Like you've made it this far, like not to be cliche, but you talk about the odds of coming out of the doggone womb. Like the odds are one in millions and you here. And I'm saying, and you're not the only person that's going to go through some stuff, man. So we talked about it before, but look for whatever help. I'm talking go to church, um, community, like golf, whatever you got to do, basketball team. Just find somewhere, somebody out there that, you know what I'm saying, that you can talk to when something's going on. 
but you cannot afford to quit. Like you got too much skin in the game. You got too many people that need your story when it's done. Cause at the end of the day, it's not even about you. It's about the other people that you can help. You know what I'm saying? Once you overcome this thing, man. So you owe it to you to get this thing done, man. Hey, don't put me in this lane again. Hey, well, I'm gonna try I was to just about to I say, got. yo, two things. <laughs> One, I like being on the podcast without E. You know what I'm saying? I, I feel like I got more space to think. More control. You know what I'm saying? Two, that was a fire nugget, and we may not even need E to do this podcast anymore. He just, now, how he texted me and said his phone died. Okay, because when your phone dies, you can't text, if I'm not Ooh. mistaken. You so know, he yeah. texted me and said my phone died. So I'm not sure what to make through. of that. But, it wasn't um, Didi's phone. It was E's phone. No, no, no. From his phone that he was on, that we called mm. him from, he said his phone died. We might have to sh- ban E from a podcast, yo. Yo, I'm straight. I'm like, yo, I'm, let's do another hour, bro. Like, I'm, I'm ready to go now. I feel like, you know what I'm saying? You know how, like, you got a ball hog. It's like having Iverson on your team, and all of a sudden, he don't make it to practice or the game, and let's it's like go. you get to shoot as many threes as you want. I feel like let's just opening go. up the court and just firing from deep. You know what I'm saying? So... Um, no, nah, man, we got a, you know, we, we definitely got to run, but we appreciate everybody looking out for us, man, with those reviews. Carl, we jumped up to like oh, 1,000, I saw it. I saw it. We got over that thousand, huh? like that. And uh, I was geeked up, man, because we were trying to get over that thousand mark for a minute. So shout out to everybody who went and left, left us that review. That was big time. And, um, you know, we, we, we push now towards 2,000. So go on and leave us that review. If y'all get settled, Carl, I appreciate you, bro. Um, yeah, great, great, great energy, great podcast, as always, man. And um, do us a favor. Go leave that review, man. We we got mad love for y'all. Carl, what you got up for the weekend? Anything? Uh, dude, this weekend, we just doing, like, I see snow in the forecast, so I don't even really want to talk about it, to be honest with you. Like I see mm. snow in the forecast on, we are uh, April, <laughs> we about to be April 7th and 8th and it's snowing the forecast. So I'm not even going to talk about the weekend. But what I will tell you real quick, see, is thanks for preparing me because Rondell came over here today and brought a fish tank for these kids. So mm. now I got three fish sitting out here. Hit, my man brought a tank. The tank is glowing, bro. I don't know if it's like a black light or something, <laughs> but it's glowing. So these little jokers have been standing by the tank for like literally like at least 30 to 40 minutes since it's been fixed just standing here so i'm preparing whatever lies i gotta tell because i know something gonna happen to the fish they're gonna overfeed that joker tonight so i'm preparing whatever i gotta say to them jokers no to get them ready hey just go buy like five of them have them on stand (laughs) just have them on deck you'll be solid you'll be super solid so yeah we signing out man appreciate y'all man y'all did it y'all did it again appreciate all the help the reviews all of that Trey, say bye man say we'll see you later See you later. Say, all right, podcast. Okay, all right, podcast. What up, Trey? Say, what's up, Uncle Carl? What's up, Uncle Carl? Love you, man. God, that you slipping. All right. (laughs) We appreciate y'all listening, man. Till next week, we'll holla at you. I want you to focus on here right now. Don't you worry about when you get home. You make this, you concentrate on this opportunity. You don't worry about tomorrow. You concentrate on this opportunity with all your might. With all your soul, with all your heart, you focus on this.